Hey, Jason here. Today's video, we're going to continue going over WidePoint. Um, so far, looks like a great investment. We're 22 pages through the 21 pages through the annual report. We're going to continue going through that today. Before I get to that, though, I need to let you know you can get this series of podcasts anywhere in the world for free on all major podcasting platforms Stitcher, Anchor, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and more. You get this as part of the I Love Value Messing podcast anywhere in the world for free. Like this video on here on YouTube. Make sure to uh, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you're notified every time we release a new video and release new videos all the time. Okay, mini disclaimer here because I've already done disclaimer on Whitepoint several times, but this is not investment advice. Anything you hear in here is not investment advice. It's for your educational purposes only. Um, do your own homework when you're researching any stocks, but I'm sh doing this to show you the process I take when I look look through stocks. Um, when I look through any potential investments to make better investment decisions in these videos, in this video, in the other videos, I'll show you exactly what I'm looking for. When I read through, um, the most recent 10 K including red flags, potential good things. Um, last week we talked about that operating loss carry forwards and how you can get a huge legal informational advantage over other investors by understanding what those are, how to find them, um, what they've been in a real world sense and how they can add an enormous amount of value to the company's valuation today. For now, we're going to keep going over the 10K and we'll figure out what we are going to find. Okay, so there's my base. There's my email. I don't want that. I want this. Okay, let me bring up the screen one more time. Make sure we got everything in here. We do not. And source two, we want display two, source one. There we go. Okay. Now we're situated. Okay, over here, we have the notes. Again, I'm showing you exactly step-by-step step what I would see or what I see when I go through these financials to help you better spot um, potential red flags, learn how to read financial information better, um, all that stuff. So these are the notes over here. The, again, real-world notes with my notations and explanations. If you want to see these notes, notations, um, in the past videos, you can find those in the links below. Okay, we left off talking about net operating, operating loss carry forwards last time on page 21, on the bottom of page 21. So we're going to continue going through the 10K today, and we're going to continue going through the risks right now. This could be a big one. Again, like I said last time, I know... This can be a big deal. Um, government shutdowns, bureaucracy, uh, government contracts. I know this can be a big deal with my, um, <coughs> excuse me, my dad being in the military. I grew up as a military child. Um, so I know this kind of stuff. If you did not, um, this is something that I would take as a note, but this is something to keep in mind, specifically this federal government shutdowns. What are those for those outside of the U.S.? Um, these happen on occasion when our politicians here in the United States decide to act like children and not get what they need to get done. Um, so our government shuts down and government contracts go away for a time being and blah, 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 blah. They always get fixed, um, but it's usually after some wrangling and maneuvering and all that. Same thing up here with the debt ceiling. What is the debt ceiling? <laughs> it's to raise the ceiling of the debt. So the U.S. can take on more debt to pay its bills and blah, 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 blah. Again, all that stuff. Political crap. Um, I will leave to another discussion. Well, probably not because I don't talk politics. But 
contracts awarded to a competitor for fair or operating results. Okay, so what this means, and again, I know this, but if you don't, this is something to note. Government contracts are typically a bidding process, a competitive bidding process. And what that means is government contracts are awarded to the highest bidder, typically. Highest bidder, um, typically, uh, or the lowest bidder, sorry, lowest bidder for the contract details. So let's say two companies are involved in bidding on a contract. If one company bids, they can get the contract done with $5 million and another contract, another company gets, says they can get it done at $5.5 million. They will probably, the government most likely will go with the one that is saying they can do it for $5 million um, if the company has a even a decent record. What this means, though, is that to do these contracts, let's say you go through that whole contract and your company two, and you bid $5.5 million because to you that's a more realistic cost. You put all the time, effort, money, um, your team's time, all that stuff into winning that contract, but you lost. All that is now a sunk cost if you lost the contract. That's a cost you have to eat um, if you lose the contract. And it's not, um, you cannot be reimbursed for it. So that's what that means here is that what we're talking about here. Um, we may incur substantial costs in connection with contracts awarded through a competitive procurement process. That's what that really means um, is that there will be some costs. Again, this could be $5,000, this could be $50,000. Depends on the size of the contract. Probably even go higher than that, I would imagine. Um, but if you lose the bid and you did all that work, you lost all that work, you lost all that time, um, and that is a cost you have to deal with as a government contractor. Again, I'm going to scan through these. Um, if you didn't see the previous videos <clears throat> where we're digging through the 10K here, I'm going to scan through these. Normally, I read these word for word, and I recommend you do the same as well when you're reading uh, through your own financial uh, reports. But I'm doing not doing that here because, frankly, I don't want to bore you to death. Okay. Again, they have to have security claims, as I know this. If you did not, this is something I would copy and paste in the notes. This is big. Again, I know this, so I'm not going to note it. But federal government contracts contain provisions giving government customers a variety of rights that are unfavorable to us, including the ability to terminate a contract at any time for convenience. That's there's really not any explanation needed for that, I don't think. But um, if there is, let me know in the comments below. That means exactly what it says. Depending on the wording of the contracts, the federal government can and sometimes will be able to terminate the contract with no kind of forewarning. Does that happen often if the company's not doing stupid stuff? Not really, but again, COVID happened and the economy stops, um, the debt ceiling doesn't get raised and the government gets shut down because of our politicians here. Um, that could be lead to contract issues. Um, so it does happen, um, but I wouldn't say it's commonplace but it does happen. It is a concern because again, some of these contracts, especially for somebody like WidePoint, that is now, I think, right, uh, like $48 million company. If they lose, say a $5 million contract, that could be a huge deal. Um, so, so that is again, something to be aware.
aware of. Okay, yes, I'm gonna get more risks here. Secured breaches of cyber security events could result in loss of customers. That should be obvious to pretty much everybody over the last 20 years or so. Actual perceived breaches of security can lead to issues. Again, pretty standard stuff here. They may be liable to their customers for damages. Again, that's pretty common. They, have, <laughs> they require high-speed access, uh, internet access, and they don't have that. It could cause problems. Again, pretty common for pretty much everybody. Defects in their services and platforms could cause problems with the company, with their reputation, blah, 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 blah. Again, this is all, to me, standard stuff. Again, if you watched the last video, I, I apologize. But for those who did not, um, another reason I <laughs> am kind of just scanning over this is because if you did not watch the first video, I think it was part three, where we started going over the first video of when we started going over the financials, um, this risk section can be incredibly important. But most of the time, probably 95% plus of the time, the wording in these sections is almost identical to other companies. So what you're looking for here is wording that is off, things that don't make sense. Um, that's mainly what you're looking for here. So all this stuff that I'm looking at right now is pretty standard. So that's kind of why we're kind of breezing through it. They infringe or are perceived to infringe on tech, tech IP. That can lead to problems. Again, standard stuff. Be able to be able to they might may be unable to protect their proprietary software and methodology again that could lead to problems of course risk related to regulation so this might be a little bit different than most companies because with government contractors there are huge 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 regulations That's pretty standard though. Our failure to comply with complex procurement laws and regulations could cause us to lose business and subject us to a variety of penalties. So if you do something against these regulations, they could be fined, they could be suspended, they could lose their government contract status, um, all that. Adoption of new procurement laws or regulations could reduce the amount of services that are outsourced by the federal government. It causes us to experience reduced revenues. Again, outsourcing is happening pretty much everywhere. Um, so this is not really, I mean, it's just kind of common knowledge at this point, um, in my opinion. So again, this is not something I would put in the notes. Government audit, unfavorable government audit results could subject them to penalties and sanctions. Again, pretty standard stuff. Don't do anything stupid. In other words, what this is saying is as long as we don't do anything stupid, we should be fine. Is what pretty much this entire risk section is about. Comstock has been volatile and likely will be volatile in the future. That again, you'll see that pretty much. Every company, especially, you'll see this for um, um, smaller stocks like this one, though. Again, this line right here, 
general economic conditions and events, including adverse changes in the financial markets, terrorist attacks, health pandemics, COVID-19, government shutdowns, war, adverse weather events, and other disasters. That is almost word for word what you'll see in pretty much every single company you look at um, when it comes to this, these specific, specific risks of their stock. Future sale shares are common stock may negatively affect our common stock price and or be diluted to current shareholders. This you see on occasion, typically for smaller stocks. Um, this you need to watch, especially for smaller stocks. You don't want share dilution to become a massive problem. Um, if it does, it could literally destroy stocks. I've done videos at this point I think one stock, and I can't remember what the stock was, but one stock I showed you guys, um, and this was just one basic preliminary stock analysis they were doing. They had massive dilution in it. Over time, it destroyed 99.7% of the value of the company. Again, I can't, I cannot remember what the stock is off the top of my head, but share dilution, especially for smaller companies, can literally kill the company. Um, so this is something to watch. Again, I've known this for a long time, so this is nothing news to me, but if you didn't know this, I would put it on the um, things of note section or the risk section. This you'll see on occasion as well. A third party can be prevented from acquiring shares of our common stock at a premium to the market price because of our anti-takeover provisions. Okay, let me scan through this. So this just protects them. Um, these kind of things are also, depending on how strict they are, called poison pills to keep people away from taking over the company. Um, but generally, if it's a friendly takeover, this this kind of stuff can be situated. Um, this is more for the hostile, quote unquote, takeovers, um, or things necessarily it's not aren't necessarily as friendly. They don't expect to declare any dividends in the foreseeable future. Again, that's not a risk to me. It's not even a thing of note. Most small companies don't pay dividends. Uh, but if you are counting on a dividend, this would not be the stock for you for that reason. Okay, so this is interesting. So properties, they rent their properties. Street East. Okay, these are our U.S. and international locations. I want to take a note of this. It's not as huge of a deal because they're renting, but it's still something you want to know if they own the properties. However, this could be a huge deal because, again, we're looking for legal informational advantages um, over other people. So what you could do is search this address. And I've got videos showing you how to do this. Um, search the address, search up the tax records, figure out what the property is worth based on the tax records, and then you could either add that to the um, value of the company if it's depreciated off their balance sheet or and or that also could add, let's say this these combined worth $10 million and they own them outright as a $48 million company. That's a huge margin of safety because, in my opinion, because um, that means they have their worth at very absolute minimum, let's say $10 million in this case. Um, 
I found companies with properties that were worth $500 million and they were completely depreciated off the balance sheet. Um, Dole, I think they had between, if memory served me right when I owned them years ago, I found that they had between $500 million and a billion dollars in val uh, valuable land in Hawaii that they've owned for like 100 years. And it was completely depreciated off the balance sheet. Um, wasn't counted on, meaning it wasn't counted on the balance sheet as value at all. So that added another 500 million to a billion dollars to their value um, estimation for uh, for what I was doing then. Okay, so. This right here, holders as of the close of business on March 12th, 2021, there were 95 registered holders of record of our stock. Um, what this means is there are not only there there are more than 95 shareholders, but these are people who have actually registered their shares and that they own them, and it's not in the brokerage's name. Um, what does that mean? So if you own shares at a brokerage, it means the brokerage technically owns the shares unless you register with the company that you own their shares. So um, not really a huge deal to my knowledge. Um, I've never registered a stock or that I've been a holder of stock because at this point I haven't owned more than 5% of any company, so I haven't had to. I don't think this is a huge deal. Um, but again, if you didn't know that, that's something to kind of watch out. Okay. This is interesting. On August 18th, 2020, we entered into an at-the-market issuance sales agreement with B. Riley Securities and other companies, blah, 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 which establish, establishes an at-the-market equity program pursuant to which we may offer and sell shares of our common stock from time to time as set forth in the sales agreement. The sales agreement provides for the sale of shares aggregate offering price up to $24 million. Why am I highlighting this? Because that means they can issue $24 million worth of stock. That is a massive potential share dilution. Um, because, again, as of right now, their entire stock right now is worth like $48 million. So this is more than adding about, what, one-third of the value to the company, diluting potential dilution risk of about one-third. I'm going to add that to the risk section over here. And I'm going to continue taking or reading this. At the market offerings, what does that mean? Um, that means it at market price. It's not a premium. It's not a discount. That means it's typically should be at or near the market price when they're selling it then. Okay, again. This. So they sold almost 400,000 shares for just under $5 million. So again, not a huge deal, but share dilution of, at that time it wasn't 10%, um, but now it's 10% of the company value because the company's stock value has fallen. 
Back then, the share price was higher, and I'll show you in a second. Um, but this could be why their shares are falling in the last year, which I can show you because I have up right here. So since I first talked about the company on, I think it was April 7th, was the date. Company shares are down 43%. And they fell recently, on, again, on August 16th. They released some... Um, they released their most up-to-date quarterly earnings. And we're going to take a look at those as soon as we finish the um, 10K. But that could be... This dilution could be part of the reason why their shares are falling. Um, and again, we need to do more research to figure out what's going on there. This is interesting. I want to get back to the notes. Nope, nope, there we go. Okay. They did a reverse stock split late last year. Increasing number of stock from. Okay. So they reduced, what they did is their share price was likely at a tiny amount and they need to have it, for example, um, on certain exchanges, you have to have an above $5 per share share price for I think it's like 60, 90 days. Or if you don't have an above $5 per share share price for um, 60 to 90 days, you can be delisted from the, um, from the, from the shares, uh, from the, um, from the exchange. There we go. When that happens, a company typically, <laughs> a company's shares typically crater. So a company to avoid that can do what's called a reverse stock split to lower the number of shares outstanding, um, which increases the value of the company's shares um, on an individual basis. This economically doesn't really do anything to the company, um, but it does mean they're doing some kind of financial engineering and i don't mean that necessarily a bad way because again this isn't always bad um but it is something that i want to know about so i can research further what happened for example before october 23rd 2020 so let's go look and these are adjusted so what happens on these for example these are adjusted um these stock charts are adjusted so I would have to go back and find their unadjusted stock chart to see what their share price was before then. But it's most likely because their share price was below $5 or something like that. Because that's what a lot of small companies do. They have bought back shares. That is frankly very surprising um, for a small company. And they have $2.1 million remaining under their 2019 repurchase program, which does not have an expiration date. That's important because most of these have an expiration date. Um, but they have bought back some shares, which means they think the company is massively undervalued. Um, and again, we're going to continue figuring that out if that's true. But when a company buys back their own shares, it typically means they think the company is massively undervalued. Repurchased almost just a million shares in 2019. Can we repurchase more? Interesting. 
Okay, again, so we've gone through some of this. Um, in the first video, video number three in this series, where we started looking at, which you see some of this stuff over here, but it is slightly different. Um, so, again, just so I have this info, making sure I don't have the exact info, but it's very similar. <laughs> um, and again, I warned about this in video three. You're going to see this kind of repeat, and that is happening. So, I'm not going to put this because I have, or at least this top section up here, because I have this in notes already. This I will take because there is no information here. The strategic focus section. Managed services, high margin. When you see high margin, that means high profits. When you see high profits, that means typically, um, or it could mean potential competitive advantages. Working to focus on the following key goals in 2021. Growing sales pipeline. Longer term strategic focus and goals are driven by our need to expand our critical mass. What does that mean? What does that mean? Our longer term strategic focus and goals are driven by our need to expand our critical mass. Why? Well, A, what does that mean? B, why am I highlighting it? Um, what that means in a real world sense is they want to expand their capabilities so they can do down here more sales and marketing. It also means for government contractors that they may be looking to acquire businesses that have access to other contract vehicles um, that they are looking to expand on or that they are looking to work on. Um, and actually it says that to expand our marketplace, share, increase the breadth of our offerings, to improve company sustainability and growth. So they're looking to, to diversify. Um, they're looking to do all these things. Um, I'm highlighting that and I'm gonna put it in the notes section in probably the general info. That's not necessarily a thing of note. Um, it's just, again, so I kind of remember it. Um, and again, it says it directly pursuing a creative and strategic acquisitions to expand our solutions and our customer base, blah, 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 blah. Um, so what this really means is, again, they're working to focus on higher margin businesses, diversification, and to expand their sales and marketing efforts to continue earning more and more and more and more and more and more contracts. Okay, you want to read these very carefully. Critical accounting policies and estimates. You want to read these very carefully. Like with the risk section that we just went over. Like with the risk section, these are very, very similar across uh, companies. Very similar wording. And they should have very similar wording. If they do not, if they have 
weird wording that you either do not recognize or doesn't make sense, you need to figure out why. Why do you need to figure that out? Because again, if they do not have similar wording, it means, or it could mean, they're doing trying to do some funny stuff with their accounting numbers. Um, specifically, ones to watch out, revenue recognition. Um, this is a big one to watch out for. And we'll go through here because I don't I don't expect them to have kind of any weird issues here, but we'll see. But if the reason you want to pay special attention to revenue recognition is because depending on how a company re uh, recognizes its revenue, it could lead to um, what is called aggressive accounting, which can lead to other problems on the entire balance sheet and potential fraud and all that stuff. Again, I don't expect to see that here, um, but watching revenue is very, very, very important in this section. And I'll tell you when I'm scanning, I'm reading this um, word for word here, and I'm going to tell you when we get to the actual section to pay attention to. This is important. Again, not necessarily anything of note because I've known this for a while, but if you do not, in the event there are undelivered performance obligations, our practice is to recognize the revenue when the performance obligation has been satisfied. What does that mean? So when, a, when, they, when they have done their job, that's when they recognize the revenue. They don't recognize revenue before they've done the job. They don't recognize revenue as soon as they get the contract and they're waiting to do the job. They do it when their performance obligation has been satisfied, meaning they've performed by their contract and they've done what they said they're going to do. That's when they recognize revenue. This is, again, this line right here. We're going to see what this says throughout, but this line here means is a good sign. It means they are conservative in their estimates and they're doing not even necessarily conservative. They're um, recognizing the things as they should be recognized. You shouldn't be able to, or you shouldn't recognize revenue in most cases until after you've done the work. Because if there are chargebacks, if there are refunds, if there are things like that, you could be in trouble because you may have um, to pay that money back and you may not have it if you've recognized it. Again, important here. Revenue is recognized upon the completion of the delivery of monthly managed services based on our user or device accounts or other metrics. So again, after their clients, they and their clients have done the work, that's when they re recognize the revenue. Even if they get paid, let's say on the first of the month, they don't recognize that revenue until the 30th um, is probably similar to what this, or something along the lines of what this means. Again, this is conservative. This is by the book. This is good. Okay, revenue is recognized in the next section in identity services. Revenue is recognized from the sales of identity credentials to an individual organization upon issuances, issuance, less a portion deferred for monthly credential validation support services. So again, once they've actually done what they say they're going to do, 
they recognize the revenue minus a deferred monthly credential validation support service fee. This is good. Again, this is what they should be doing. An example of the two above of what they, <laughs> what might get them into trouble, it might be a red flag, is rec revenue, let's say this one up here said revenue is recognized upon, upon the signing of the contract. Typically, again, unless there's some kind of upfront fee, you shouldn't do that. Um, because there might be chargebacks, there might be refunds. You, you, you might not perform your duties. They might, the client might not perform their duties, depending on what the wording of the contract is. Especially for a government contract, you have to be very careful. Um, you need to err on the side of conservatism, um, and this, this is what this is showing. Software revenue. Sold as a term license is recognized rateably over the license term for the data software is set by the customer. Okay, that's standard. All this is standard, so all this is looks good to go for now. And again, the reason I'm being so careful here and actually reading this word for word um, is because this revenue recognition, I've seen companies that how we're doing that I was excited to potentially invest in. Then I got to this section and they were doing some crazy aggressive accounting and I completely set the way. Um, so not only is just kind of on the face level, knowing what people are accounting for important and how they're accounting for it important. Um, it also gives you an idea of how much you should or should not trust management as well. If they're doing super aggressive accounting, um, that's probably a sign they're doing some other not great stuff as well, in my experience. We recognize revenues for professional services performed based on actual hours worked and actual costs incurred. Okay, again, standard. <coughs> Okay, all this is standard. Okay, so that's very good. That's again, I, I evaluated not, I wouldn't say a lot, but when I do evaluate companies and I do get somewhat excited about investing in them for the long term, um, that is a section you need to be kept very careful with. I've, I've, again, I've seen lots of companies that I didn't like going into that. Um, so that's a big um, thing that I look at. Yeah, I'm going to scan here because, again, this goodwill section is pretty standard for every company. Impairment testing, typically once a year. They go through how they uh, do the test for impairment. And then typically this section down here is the most important because this above this paragraph is pretty much standard across the board. Um, but down here you want to read very carefully. We had approximately $18.5 million of goodwill as of December 31st, 2020. Fair value of our single reporting unit was above carrying value. Accordingly, we have concluded that Google is not impaired at December um, 20, uh, 31st, 2020. So that's good. 
another important section to look at allowance for doubtful accounts or um, allowance for bad debts, um, something like that is usually where it's termed. So that's a little bit longer than uh, most companies, but it's not unexpected, 120 days. Um, customer account balances outstanding longer than 120 days that have not been settled in accordance with contract terms or receivable against the existing allowance terms or, oh, I skipped the line. Would they write out the reserved accounts after 120 days if they can't get in control with, uh, into contact with the people? Again, that's pretty standard. You'll typically see 60 to 90 days here. 120 days is not a surprise. Why did I say that's not a surprise? Because typically in the governmental space, um, things take longer. So um, I'm not surprised it's long. But again, typically you'll see 60 to 90 days here. Compensation. Again, Black Shoals option pricing model. We see that pretty much everywhere. We already talked a little bit about net operating loss carry forwards, which we're getting into here. And this we saw last time, I think it was like 7.9 million, but they released 8.2 million probably to cover fees and stuff like that in total from their NOLs last year um, to cover so they wouldn't have to pay taxes on that amount. So again, standard stuff here. This is a breakdown, obviously, of their um, different business lines and then the total number. We have carrier services up here, managed services, and then various operations of managed services and the total revenue down here. Uh, revenue jumped up huge 2020 from 180 or from 101.7 million to 180.3 million. So that's I would want to know if that's going to continue or not. So possibly will not. This is important right here. This is very important right here. So important, I'm going to double highlight it. So, again, we need to figure out if that huge 2020 is going to continue. Our services, our carry services increased primarily due to, primarily, important word there, which I'm going to underline, primarily means that was a major reason due to activities of the U.S. Department of Commerce contract supporting the 2020 census. Why is that important to know? Because the U.S. census is only done once every decade, every once every 10 years. So 2020 numbers may not continue. So going up, this was carrier services. This doubled, so I wasn't going to note this. But now I am with the further context is a huge jump in 2020 carrier services from 68.7 million to 137.6 million in 2020. That, at least to a large degree, that huge jump will not continue. 
it's not usually I say maybe in these cases, it will not. Again, 2020 census. Censuses only happen every 10 years in the U.S. So, um, and it actually goes further. Carrier service revenue recognized from 2020 census project was approximately 61% of our total carrier service revenue in 2020. Okay, so let's go back to this and that. Actually, I should move these now that I'm looking at it down here to risks. Way down here. Go back up and grab the other one. The reason I'm moving these to risks is because this is a massive risk. Um, what we need to do here is we need to figure out specifically what 61% of that number is, 137. So... So that's 83,960,000. So Six four zero zero one nine minus eight three nine six zero four one two equals fifty three million. So they actually the revenue without that huge amount from the U.S. Census was actually lower by about fifteen million dollars. Lower, and I'm gonna put that over here in the notes. Revenue in twenty twenty without. Census uh, contract was fifty fifty three point six eight million or about fifteen million less than twenty nineteen numbers. So that's a huge thing to figure out. Um, am I comfortable with that? That's and I so I highlighted that in red down here because that is massively important. Um, massively, massively, massively important. So let's go back to there. Um, let's go to their financials. Again, the same. This is the same exact process I would go through anytime I'm looking at a stock. So that would take their total revenue down in 2020 
by these numbers are not correct as I'd like. They are. Okay. So at a huge ramp up in revenue in the last five years or so. What their real kind of revenue number, recurring revenue number was last year. Seven five minus eighty three nine sixty four one two equals. They actually had lower revenue last year without this huge contract than they did in twenty nineteen. So Go back to the notes. 19 revenue without this contract. See, that was carrier services. This is total revenue. I mean, again, this affects everything. So when revenue lowers, and we should expect it to lower substantially by about 61% going forward, this lowers operating profits. This lowers free cash flow. This lowers the value of the company because over the long term, companies are valued based on the profits and the cash flows they produce. So see this huge jump in revenue here. By my guess, we're looking at probably if they want some more contracts between about 90 and $120 million in full year 2021 revenue. That's a huge drop from last year and their margins were okay last year, um, even in the best case scenario. So I would say this is more likely closer to their operating profit margin at 1%. That would be my guess. Um, that's their kind of real quote unquote operating profit margin is would it be about 1%. That lower revenue, again, you see this huge jump in revenue in 2020 from 2019. That's why, because they have that huge extra contract they won't have anymore. Same thing, I'm assuming with cash flow. Actually, no, cash flow is about a little bit lower actually but that affects the entire valuation of the company we will get to that next time i think this is a good place to stop here yeah it's a good place to stop here